You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 165, The Intersection of Substance Abuse and Human Trafficking. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Sandy, so many of us have been hearing about substance abuse and so many of the issues here within the States and within North America around substance abuse. And there's just so many ways this plays out in our society right now. And of course, well, I guess I shouldn't say of course, but I, I don't think it's going to be a surprise that there's a, there's a link to human trafficking as well, too. And I think we're going to spend some time really exploring that in today's conversation. So the intersection between substance abuse and human trafficking is becoming a highly discussed topic now with the um, media attention to the opioid crisis. We know that overdoses uh, as cause of death have overtaken car crashes for young people. And that was a huge transition last year when the 2016 stats came in. And now we begin to see how it plays out in so many other areas. For me personally, it became a huge commitment to start planning Ensure Justice 2018. Back in January 2017, I was in the Orange County We Can Coalition meeting And Dr. Ann Light read some information that they had pulled from some of their strategic planning as they reviewed what were the risk factors for child abuse in Orange County. And the number one thing they identified is a family member with an addiction, with a substance abuse issue. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like click, 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 dominoes falling because if it's kind of like reading a book where you get to a page and if you choose this page, then you go on and you see the next, next, next uh, part of the story. Or if you go over here, you see this, this, and this. And so when she said that, because we're trying in the We Can Coalition, we're trying to working to end child abuse and neglect. And those of you who have been listening for a long time to ending human trafficking, you know that prevention of child abuse is a huge piece of ending commercial sexual exploitation of children. Because if a child is abused, if a child is neglected, there are so many repercussions. And we see then that they become more vulnerable to being recruited. They become more likely to run away from the violence, or they're taken out of the home for very good reason because they need to be safe and they don't like being taken out of the home. And so they run away from the security there. And it's always important for listeners to understand that our group homes for youth are safe. No one can get in and harm our children, but they are not secure. The children, these young people, 14, 15 years old, can run away and we cannot restrain them. So what are the issues 
around substance abuse and human trafficking. That's what we want to talk about. And it's reminding me, Sandy, of the conversation we've had many times on the show, and, and you and I personally, too, of the connections between some of the real challenges we have in our society and and human trafficking and homelessness is one that comes up to my mind uh, in my mind too here and we think about child abuse and homelessness and some of these other factors that on their face we don't think about in the same lens at least I didn't used to with human trafficking mm, and yet right. they are often the starting point for the risk factors that then lead to human trafficking and so like you've always been saying you know prevention and how can we really look at at some of the core Maybe it's not fair to say the exact word cause, but but things that really do do influence someone getting in a situation that, that ends up being human trafficking. Well, and if you think about a child who's experiencing a lot of abuse, they're suffering and they're looking for some kind of relief. And one of their friends offers them something and they begin to use that to self-medicate for the pain in their lives. It's emotional pain. There may be also physical pain, but that begins an addiction journey that when when it's discovered, everybody says, well, why did this happen to this kid? Why did he do that? Why did he make such poor decisions? And people don't look back to find out that there was a place where that could have been um, changed. And so, you know, so we're back in that book, Choosing Another Ending. And this child has an, an addiction issue that started because of something else in his life. And, and we know, and we're going to at Insure Justice, we're going to talk about addiction and the brain and the science of the brain. And it's absolutely important for parents to understand that kids experimenting at a young age they're actually more vulnerable to long-term addiction the earlier they start trying drugs. Uh, so so you, you start down that chapter and you, and you have a whole different scenario. And my, my concern for parents is that they feel like our house is safe and so my kids are safe. But they need to be able to understand the trends out there the way social media drives attention mm-hmm. and opportunity creates opportunity. So one of the workshops that we have at Insure Justice, we're pulling in an expert from our Orange County Department of Education, and Stephen Lambert is going to do a professional workshop for for educators and social workers. But he's also really passionate about equipping parents. And he, we sat in my office and we talked about the parents and how do we connect with them. And we're going to work on doing the same thing in Spanish. You know we've been doing a lot more in Spanish for our Spanish-speaking community that Indeed. we really appreciate. This is a good moment to say that besides having the Spanish workshops track and Spanish translation for the plenaries, we just launched... Terminando la trata. Do you know what that means, Dave? Ending human trafficking. That's in good. Spanish. <laughs> You're so good. That's right. That's right. And it has already taken off with a bang. We got a notice yesterday that a radio station in Argentina has picked it up and said, Why don't you produce 
every week instead of only every two weeks. Mm, that's great. Um, but we're sticking with two weeks because we've got to do what we can do well, right? Well, and I, I don't remember if we mentioned on the show before, but just for folks who may have missed the reference, it um, we have launched the podcast now in Spanish. And just for clarity, I knew the title in advance. I don't know Spanish, so it's not it's not uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not us doing it. But we have a new our, new part of our team. That's, our uh, team sorry. to do the Spanish broadcast is Virginia and Gilbert. Contreras. Virginia has been a big follower and we've actually had them on the podcast when I was visiting in Argentina because they live in Cordoba, Argentina, and that's where they'll be um, producing the podcast. Mm, fabulous. So uh, so if you know someone who's a Spanish speaker or prefers to listen in Spanish, we the podcast is up and running, ready to go. And all you have to do is go to endinghumantrafficking.org. We really have to shout out to Andrew because he keeps that web page really sharp and and moving. And there he's put a link right at the top so you can choose English or Spanish when you go to either website. So one of the things that I'm curious about, Sandy, I mean, you've been thinking, um, and and the entire team has been thinking about this conference for quite a while now, and of course we're seeing substance abuse in the news so much these days, um, as we should, because it's such a huge, huge issue. When uh, folks come to the conference here in March, what is it that you hope they will come to asking? Because I know mm. the conference, I know the conference will answer a lot of those questions. But what are you, what are you hoping people come seeking? Well, I hope that people come um, ready to sharpen their personal set of skills in whatever their profession is. I know we have dozens of child welfare folks joining us from at least four counties right now. We have educators joining us. So children, that's a really important. But we're also looking at parents and parents who have substance abuse issues. How do you, as a community service provider, help that young woman who's about to lose her son or her daughter because of addiction. And there are lots of programs and opportunities to to do referrals. And I especially want church leaders to come. These people with these kinds of challenges are sitting in your church and they want help, but they don't ask. They just don't ask. So how can you reach out and be ready and know where to send them for really excellent best practice rehabilitation? And how do you help them once they're through that to maintain and to, to do the work they have to do to get their kids back? Because we want children to grow up in a home with their parents, and those kids want the same thing. One of the things I know you're always mindful of with the conference is really trying to provide not only answers to some of those questions, but provide the relationships and the partnerships and the community that really comes alongside in order mm. to do that well. What are the relationships and partnerships that you see as most important that are coming together in this year's uh, conference? Oh, I, you know, if you take a look at the speakers on insurejustice.com, you'll see that we have the brand new director of the Office on Trafficking in Persons in Health and Human Services. And they are creating wonderful resources that are available to service providers across the nation. So Catherine Chan will be with us. Our good friend and um, speaker last year from DEA, from Drug Enforcement Agency, Deborah Augustine, will be back. 
And her expertise is so valuable for um, community service providers, for educators, and for parents. And so she's bringing those kind of resources. I mean, have you ever had in your hand a pull-out picture dial? I can't even... I don't even know how to describe it, but she's got pictures of every kind of pill and drug that's out there. Oh, and and I'm, I discovered I'm really naive. And yet here I am on a college campus. Here I am in a community where we know we have evidence that kids are being lured into using drugs. And so how do I become part of that? The other community that I'm particularly excited about is the medical community. We have Dr. Ann Light back with us again, and she is the medical director for social services here in Orange County. But we also have an entire workshop just by doctors from University of Kentucky in their nursing school that will help healthcare providers improve their skills. And they'll be continuing education Dr. Jody Quas from UCI, absolutely an amazing forensic interview specialist and understands how children with trauma think, and she's going to teach us how to talk to them. Now, this isn't just for parents, how do you talk to your kids? This is for law enforcement that are going to be there on the street, and they, they don't understand sometimes why the victims, girls and boys, don't talk to them. Don't say, help me. Don't raise their hand. They actually go the other direction and they may actually respond in very negative ways. Jody Quas will help us have a better understanding not only of why they do it, but how we can do a better job of building trust, building rapport so that we can get the information and we can actually help them. I know so many of these situations, of course, are unique, and yet we do see patterns that emerge. One of the things I know that you want for our listeners, but also people attend the conference, is to have an understanding of some of the framework of some of those typical patterns we see. And I know you've done some thinking around it as far as just thinking about it like a book and some of the typical scenes that you would see in a situation that comes up uh, with this. Can you say a little more about that, about what that what, what that looks like and 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 why it's helpful to frame it that way? Well, you know, because of my background in nursing, that seeing healthcare providers trained is super important because we know that there are patterns where the victims actually show up in our emergency rooms, in our clinics. And we, we actually interviewed Dr. Laura Letter after she published her research that showed over 87% of those victims had been seen by a healthcare provider. And actually, I was just reading a blog, and Dr. Hani um, Stoklosa, who is president of HEAL, she posted a great story, and um, maybe you can read that, Dave, because I put it in our show notes. She writes, Beth, not her real name, was a 20-year-old female hooked on heroin and was being discharged from a detox facility when she met a man who promised to provide a consistent supply of heroin. Thus began a nightmare for Beth. She was locked in a motel room in Rhode Island, forced to service over 200 men. When she finally escaped, her first stop was my emergency department. She came to my hospital to escape trafficking, for treatment of her depression and heroin addiction, and for medical attention. She waited, 
and waited for an opening in a dual diagnosis facility that would be able to help her with both addiction and depression, the very things that had led to her being trafficked in the first place. But when there were no beds in sight, Beth decided to take her chances on her own. She walked out of our emergency department back out into the cold. I get a little emotional hearing that story. Ensure justice. We call our conference Ensure Justice because we want to make things right for people. We want to ensure justice for those being crushed, like Beth. Back out in the cold, and where did she end up? How can we do a much better job of that? And when we... When we start trying to climb these um, mountains, and they are huge, we cannot do that alone. We have to do that as a community. We have to take the the image from the Pithari that we talk about so often, this giant jug with handles all over it. And that's why the workshops are so driven by the professions that may encounter these victims. And also, because we've got to have hope, we want to focus on prevention, and that's why we want to work with educators always. And our Live to Free students are going to be there going down that path of how they do participant observer, bystander model prevention in the schools. And this is the year, and we hope we have news about it at Ensure Justice, where we're going to launch online training for starting a Live to Free club. And it would really help me move that along if listeners that hear that would email or send us a post, somehow communicate to us that you would love to start a Live to Free Club in your high school or in your middle school. Because prevention is best by youth-led peer-to-peer education. We've talked about Live to Free before, but for new listeners uh, who aren't aware what is Live to Free and what's the, the aim of the organization? Oh, Live to Free is our college mobilization team, and they go out and, and do presentations in the high school. They engage with kids. They tell them the, the risks. They tell them the risks, but their curriculum is not about you better be careful. It's more about how do you make your community safer? So they really engage them as community partners and they help them. It's, you know, we've talked about how um, in the adolescent brain is not very interested in mom and dad telling them what not to do. They disregard it and they say back to dad and mom and Dave, when you've got teenagers, you might hear this. Mm-hmm. Be ready. Um, oh, don't, don't worry. Trust me. That's not going to happen to me. So they have a sense of invincibility, but they don't have that same sense of invincibility for their friend. So if you talk about the risks and how you might be the one to protect your friend, if somebody says, let's meet at the mall, you can protect your friend. So working with youth to help build that community that's youth-led and that is peer-to-peer prevention. I remember you saying at one of our recent board meetings, one of our new board members was asking about a high school student and her network that wanted to get involved in these efforts and one of the points you made was that, you know, in a lot of schools, and I, I remember this when I was a kid, of you know, motivational speakers coming in, adults doing training programs, and that really you and many people who are doing this are learning that it's peer to peer mentoring that's and right. coaching that's really working. Like you said, kids tend there's tends not to be the research. It sounds like that supports that an adult coming in and delivering a program is going to make a meaningful change, but when 
peers come in and are approaching it from a community aspect and influence influencing each other within the school that that really does make a big difference that absolutely uh, that, that moves the needle substantially absolutely and a safe community that is a, a key during this opioid crisis to protecting our kids. And, and you can't do it just at the schools. You can't do it just by educating emergency room personnel. It really has to be the community. So we design ensure justice so that the community is together in the same room. And you'll be with attorneys and law enforcement and child welfare and social services and educators and um, nurses and doctors. We need to all find our place to carry this forward. And it is so complex. When I, I was on a webinar this morning and someone said there are a hundred different ways of intersecting with substance abuse and human trafficking. We could never, never address everything in one podcast or even at Ensure Justice. But this is going to get us a head start to build those kinds of safety nets in our community. I think just about every year at Ensure Justice, there has been uh, at least one person, and in many cases, multiple people who have attended the conference because they listen to the podcast. They've heard us talk about the conference over the years or just recently. And Sandy, what do you tend to hear from first-time attendees of the conference about what they gain from the experience? Well, they run out of space in the program to take all their notes, so mm -hmm. they, they're looking for something else to write on. So there is a, a lot of rich content, we hear that. But over and over again, and for years to come, it's the people they met. And for my students, for Vanguard students, they engage with professionals and other university students can come, send your students from, from anywhere nearby, far away, because they engage with the professionals in our drug enforcement, in Homeland Security, in Health and Human Services. And eventually, that shapes how they decide to fight this issue. It, it establishes a career trajectory. And we have amazing professionals out there fighting human trafficking, whether in law enforcement or in social services that are Vanguard alums because they met somebody at Ensure Justice. We're going to be airing this right as the early bird registration is coming to a close that's for the conference. Right. So if that's you and you've not attended the conference before and are looking to really start to create some of those relationships, and as Sandy said, there's so much content, of course, uh, and, and there's a lot you can get in content, even uh, going out on the internet, listening to the show, of course, but uh, but it, nothing nothing replaces the opportunity to build those relationships that so many conferences are great at doing, Sandy, and, this, uh, and, and certainly Ensure Justice is no exception to that. Uh, what's the best way for folks to get involved if they do want to take advantage of the early bird offer? Just go to insurejustice.com. You can go through the list of speakers and you can register if you if you want to learn more, there's a sponsorship packet in case you're an exhibitor and you you want to have a table there. Um, InsureJustice.com has everything you need. Well, we hope that you will take us up on our invitation to check out the conference and to consider attending this year. It is from March 2nd through 3rd, 2018, here in Southern California at the on the campus of Vanguard University. And again, it's at Ensure Justice 
www.thinkingmindset.com. And maybe a question's come up for you about the conference or perhaps today's topic on substance abuse, which of course we'll be going into depth on the conference, but maybe you're wondering about something else uh, related to substance abuse and trafficking. Uh, I hope you'll take a moment to email us with any of those questions. You can send that email to feedback at endinghumantrafficking.org. And of course, you're always welcome to visit the website we mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, endinghumantrafficking.org. Our entire library is there. So Sandy, I'll, uh, I'll see you back in two weeks. And of course, uh, coming up here for the conference as well. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Take care and see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.